This is the Reigning Everyday Devotional Podcast. This is the Reigning Everyday Devotional Podcast. Reigning Everyday Devotional uh, Podcast. I want to welcome everyone who is joining us from everywhere around the world. And um, uh, as I mentioned earlier, our discuss this morning is what to do when you are um, anxious, um, afraid, alone, and anxious, or anxious, alone, and afraid. That's the focus of our discuss um, this morning. All right. So, um, it's pretty interesting what 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 make people afraid. I mean, there are quite a number of things that many people are scared of. You know, fear of sickness, fear of um, losing their job, fear of poverty, fear of um, of pain. You know, and stuff like that. And the list goes on. We have fear of height. People are scared of insects, public speaking, <laughs> fear of what the future holds. You know, there are quite a number of reasons why people are actually scared. But they actually, you know, two um, powerful fear that grips the heart of many people. Now, I understand that there are many phobias that we have, but phobias are not as um, strenuous as these two powerful strain of fear that grips the heart of men. And that is the fear of death and the fear of what the future holds. 99% of the time, virtually every human as you know is living with this fear right now because you know there's so much plague around, there's so much negative news around, and people are just worried about the future. What does the future hold? You know, what does what will tomorrow look like? Will life be better tomorrow, or things will not go well? And the alt- and the bigger one is the fear of debt. You know, and I've 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 had to counsel quite a, counsel quite a number of people out of this um, 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 spirit, this consciousness, because it's quite really raging and, you know, besaging a whole lot of people um, and lately. That's the fear of death, you know. But in this podcast, I will try as much as possible to break down the foundation of fear and how you can actually conquer the spirit um, of fear. So um, let's start with this. Now, it's very important to know that... Um, Fear is not from God. 
and I think we need to start a, a premise with that this in this episode. Fear is not from God. This is absolute truth. Fear is one of the primary weapons the devil used to keep people bound and subjected to him. Fear is one of the primary tools um, that the devil used to trap um, people. You know, so fear is not from God. Fear is a byproduct of vulnerability, a sense of helpness, helplessness and aloneness. Let me use that word, a sense of helplessness and aloneness. That's what, uh, that, that, that's what produces fear. Now, in order for us to fully understand the root cause of fear, we, sh- we must, we have the responsibility to go back into the scripture and, um, how will I put it, um, un- uncover the first expression of fear in the Bible. So it's very important that we do this if you are to understand the foundation of fear. Okay. All right. And to start um, our study through the scriptures, let's look at the book of um, Genesis chapter 3 verse 10. Genesis chapter 3, verse 10. There is something I want to, you know, let you all know. There is a law called the law of first mention when you are in, in Bible um, hermeneutics. When you're studying the Bible, there is what is called the law of first mention. And the law of first mention states that wherever the words first appear, that sentence or situation or verse or phrase gives the contextual meaning to that word so to understand what fear means we need to look at the first appearance of fear in the scriptures all right okay so let's go the book of genesis chapter 3 um verse 10 and it reads it says so he said i heard your voice in the garden and i was afraid because i was naked and i hid myself that's Genesis 3, verse 10. Now, in order to have the right context of this verse, let's read from um, Genesis 2, the last two verses. Then we'll jump to Genesis 3 and read from verse 6 to 10. So let's read quickly from Genesis 2. The last two verses, that's verse 24 and verse 25. It reads, it says, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Now look at verse 25, the emphasis here. It says, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Please note the word, they were both naked and they were not ashamed. Okay, now let's jump to Genesis 3, verse 6 and 10. Genesis 3, verse 6, 6 to 10, rather. Um, I'll read that quickly now. It says, so when the woman saw the saw that the tree was good for food that it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree desirable to make one wise she took of its fruit and ate she also gave to her husband who was with her and he ate verse 7 then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings and they heard the sound of the lord walking in the, in, in the garden in the cool of the day and adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the lord and um, I, i'm sorry Adam and Eve hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the gardens. Verse 9, it says, Then the Lord God called Adam and said, Where are you? And Adam responded, verse 10, he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid and I hid myself. Wow. Now, for emphasis sake, we're going to look at three verses now, three key verses. 
The first one is Genesis 2 verse 25. The second one is Genesis 3 verse 7. And the third is Genesis 3 verse 10. We just read them now, but I want us to focus, I want us to zoom our mind into these three verses so we can understand certain things that happened and how fear, how fear or um, anxiety came to be, all right? Genesis 2 verse 25 says, And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. Genesis 3 verse 7 says, The eyes of both of them were open, and they knew they were naked, and they saw fig leaves, fig leaves together and made themselves clothed. And lastly, Genesis 3 verse 10 reads, It said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hate myself. Now, from verse 25 of Genesis 2, you would observe that Adam and his wife were naked, but they were not ashamed. <laughs> Adam and his wife, they were both naked, but they were not ashamed. However, if you look at verse 10 of Genesis 3, you will notice a change in narrative. Adam and his wife were naked this time, but they were afraid. So why the disparity in the situation? Why the different outcome? Why were they, you know, naked and not ashamed in Genesis 2 verse 25? Now in Genesis 3 verse 10, both of them were naked and petrified. Very good question. All right. Now we'll find the answer in verse 7 of Genesis 3. We'll understand what happened between Genesis 2 verse 20, um, um, Genesis 2 verse um, 25 and Genesis 3 verse 10. Okay, so Genesis 3 verse 7 says, The eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew they were naked, and the soul fig leaves together and made themselves covering. Not the first two phrases in this verse. The first one says the eyes of both of them were opened, meaning they came into a certain state of reality. They became, um, uh, they, they stepped into a face of reality. And the second passage said they knew that they were naked. It means they became conscious of something. Now, the first expression, you can see that, you know, Adam became aware of his nakedness. His nakedness. Now, in Genesis 2, the Bible says that they were naked, but they were not ashamed. In other words, they had something. They had something that didn't expose their vulnerability. But in chapter 3, the Bible says that Adam hid himself because he was afraid and he was naked. In other words, they became vulnerable. They became aware of themselves. They became conscious of their reality. And this is the true foundation of fear in the life of every human. Now, note these words. The term nakedness in that verse means um, a rom. In the word um, in the hebrew word e-r-o-m it means a rom and the word a rom is derived from the word or you are and i want to explain what the word or means the word or uh, means to bring um how would i put it 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 means to bring bare it means to be naked to be vulnerable that's what the word or means you are and this word only appeared once in the bible this word you are or only appeared once in the bible and that's in the book of habakkuk chapter 3 um, verse 9 let's read that quickly you know it says your bow was made bare the rod of chastisement was sworn and the cleaved the earth with rivers your bow was made bare that's where the word erom was generated from so when the bible says that they were naked it means that they were bare they had no covering so you can see that in this verse that Adam and Eve um, were stripped of a particular covering, which I call the divine covering. 
before Adam and Eve um, became afraid of something, the covering upon them was stripped off and they were laid bare. They became vulnerable. Adam and Eve suddenly, you know, realized that they were limited by the absence of that covering. Now you can see now that um, Adam and Eve, before in Genesis 2, the last two verses that we read, they had a covering. They had something that covered them. But in chapter 3, that thing disappeared. Now, it's important to note that Adam and Eve did not suddenly become conscious of their nakedness or vulnerability by happenstance or by mere coincidence. No. Their life experienced a sudden change when they transgressed against God. The Bible says that Eve saw the fruit and it was appealing and good for food. And she took a bite and ate of that tree. She ate of the tree. So they didn't just, you know, this covering didn't just disappear by happenstance. No, Adam and Eve transgressed against God. And by their transgression, poop, the whole covering disappeared. Now, Romans 3 gives us a clear picture of what that covering is the bible says for all have sinned romans 3 verse 23 says for all have sinned and fall short of god's glory what adam fell short of in the garden of eden after they transgressed was the covering of god's glory upon their life the moment they transgressed the covering of god's glory disappeared the moment Adam and Eve transgressed, the covering of God's glory upon their life faded off. Now, the word fall short means the word hysterio in the Greek language, which means depleted. It talks about a state of lack or insufficiency or privation, which occurs as a result of a person missing out on something vital. So the word, um, what it means fall short, simply means they became depleted of that thing so when adam and eve transgressed against god the glory of god depleted in their life and they became vulnerable so we can see that in the last two verses of genesis 2 that we read god's covering the glory of god was upon adam and eve so adam and eve were not aware of their nakedness but in genesis 3 the moment they transgressed adam and eve became aware of their nakedness because the glory of god departed their life and they became aware of their nakedness and the moment that happened fear stepped into their existence and that was the initiation of fear into the human race so we can see that in genesis 2 verse 27 adam and eve despite being vulnerable within they were covered by the glory and grace of god no, I saw they had bold fellowship with God. They were so, I mean, every single moment they had fellowship with God, the, with God the Son in the Garden of Eden. But the moment they transgressed, they fell short of this grace and glory and they became aware of themselves. The vulnerability, the nakedness they saw was not the physical nakedness that we know now. It was the nakedness of the self. You see, let me tell you something. Adam and Eve became aware of their senses they became aware of their reality in the flesh when they transgressed against god before adam and eve transgressed against god they were 100 percent conscious of god's glory adam and eve didn't have alternative there was no good or bad there was no you know poor or rich there was no poverty or prosperity they were 
perfectly in tune with the fullness of God's glory. That was their reality. That was their consciousness. But the moment the glory of God disappeared, Adam and Eve became aware of their self. Their self became more pronounced than their spirit. When the glory of God is upon any being, your spirit is more pronounced than your fear. When the glory of God is upon any being, your spirit is more pronounced than your fear. But what happened? The moment Adam and Eve transgressed against God, that very instant, that very instant they transgressed against God, their flesh became more pronounced than their spirit. And that is what happened. Their fear became more pronounced than their spirit. Now watch this. Isn't it interesting that the first mention of fear was attributed to God? The first mention of fear in the scripture was attributed to God. The Bible says that Adam heard the voice of the Lord God and he hid himself. He hid himself. He was afraid and he hid himself because he was afraid of the presence of God. That was the first mention of fear. It's not so interesting that the Bible did not mention fear when Eve encountered um, Satan at the Garden of Eden. The Bible did not mention fear. The Bible did not say that Eve was scared of Satan when Satan appeared. So don't be carried away with all the movies and the stuff that you watch. (laughs) The devil is not as scary as we think. He's a very deceitful human. But it's so interesting that Adam and Eve were more scared of the Lord God than Satan. It's here, it's in the scripture. And why that happened is because the glory of God that commanded the fellowship of man had disappeared in the life of Adam and Eve. So Adam and Eve became vulnerable. And that was where the spirit of condemnation came in. It's so interesting that the voice of God that Adam and Eve were so accustomed to became the voice that they now dreaded and he did themselves from. The same voice they were used to, the voice of God that they were so conscious of. It's now something they are trying to withdraw themselves from. That is the spirit of condemnation. And that is what builds fear in the mind of people. Now, this shows how powerful fear is. When Adam and Eve transgressed against God, the spirit of God and his glory departed. And the spirit of fear and its glory tabernacled on them. I want to say that again. When Adam and Eve transgressed against God, the spirit of God and his glory departed. And the spirit of fear and its glory, which is G-O-R-Y, tabernacled on Adam and Eve. The absence of God's divine covering upon Adam and Eve led to the presence of the spirit of fear. Fear is produced when man becomes conscious of his vulnerability. God did not create man to be conscious of the self god created man to rely absolutely on the spirit of god but the moment they transgressed that stopped so when the spirit of god departed adam's life we also there what happened fear stepped into you know their reality they were left with the spirit of fear and this became a reality in human existence this was the foundation of fear this was how fear began the first experience that humankind had with fear began at the garden of eden when man transgressed 
against God. But guess what? There is good news. <laughs> In Christ Jesus, fear has been conquered. Jesus has conquered the spirit of fear on our behalf. So the first part is quite a, a solemn teaching, but the next part is going to be quite a whole lot of joy and excitement because Jesus has conquered fear on our behalf. Now, what this Apostle Paul speaking in the book of John first um, in the book of First John chapter four verse eighteen. I read from the ESV version. It says, "There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear." Look at it. It says, "There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear." There is no fear in love, but perfect love cast out fear hello guys who is the person that expressed his, the perfect love towards humanity jesus christ he died for our sins and the expression of his perfect love has cast out fear so this is now our reality in christ jesus we are no longer vulnerable to fear jesus has conquered the spirit of fear on your behalf and he has given you victory over the spirit of fear and death this is your this is absolute truth if you go if you meet jesus one-on-one now and jesus open the book of records your book the book of records you know towards you you're going to see there that the spirit of fear is part of the things that has been you know ticked out or you know how i put it counseled in your life because this is what god has done for us in christ jesus the spirit of fear has been eliminated so the big question is if jesus has cancelled the spirit of fear on our behalf why are we still living in fear and anxiety and i'll tell you why the reason why many people or many christians are living in fear and anxiety is because they are living a condemnation full life you see it is impossible for you to eliminate the spirit of fear or the traces of the spirit of fear if you are living a condemnation full life a condemnation conscious life the spirit of fear under the new covenant now operates with the spirit of condemnation in the old testament it was more pronounced as the spirit of fear but in the new testament the spirit of fear now operates under the context of the spirit of condemnation so if you are condemnation conscious you will always be living you will always be besieged by the spirit of fear Condemnation is the devil's greatest strategy under the New Testament. He is so conscious of that reality that they, as long as he can keep believers conscious of their limitations and their weakness and subject them to a constant state of condemnation thought or condemnation reasoning, fear will constantly erode their minds. And this is the devil's approach in the New Testament. If the knowledge of your condemnation or your condemned life in the Adamic nature supersedes the knowledge of your eternal redemption in Christ and your new creation reality. You cannot experience the fullness of God's love. And know what the Bible says. The Bible says perfect love cast out fear. Now, there's a difference between receiving God's love and experiencing God's love. Let me explain that quickly. There is a clear difference between receiving God's love and experiencing God's love. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes shall not perish, but have everlasting life. At that point, you receive God's love. God gave and you receive. But the book of 1 John 3.1 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called sons of God. And in the book of Romans, we are told that those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. 
God. So to experience God's love, you must be led by the Spirit. The experiential state of God's love is spirit-bound. It's not physical. God's love is not physical. It's not sensual. It's not emotional. God's love is spiritual. The Bible speaking in the book of John 4 verse 24 says that God is spirit and those who will worship him must do so in spirit and in truth. So if you are to experience the fullness of God's love, it must be mediated by the Holy Spirit. Now, the reason why many people are not experiencing this is because they have no relationship with the Holy Spirit. I usually say this jokingly, that when we mention God the Father, we have this level of, you know, adoration and respect and honor. When we mention Jesus Christ, God the Son, we are so in tune, you know, we adore him, we love him, we trust him. But the moment we mention God the Spirit, we are like, eh... That's like the last bond, the God's last bond. That's the lowest, you know. We have this mindset because of the way the Trinity had placed them. God the Father, then God the Son, then God. No, no, no. Both of them are one. God the Father is God the Son. God the Son is God the Holy Spirit. God the Father and God the Son is God the Holy Spirit. It is God in three expressions. And God the Son is no longer with us. God the Son is now the mediator. He's in heaven mediating on our behalf interceding on our behalf so the person that is here on earth now is god the spirit and if you're not having a relationship with god the spirit the same way the disciple had the relationship with god the son you cannot experience god's love there is nothing god can do about it because the spirit of god is the one that now expresses the experiential nature of god's love in the life of every believer and that's why you shouldn't joke with your relationship with the Holy Spirit. You shouldn't. That is the only way you can live a condemnation-free life. That is the only way you can experience the fullness of God's, God's love. The burden of the reality of the fullness of God's love towards us is the antidote to the lingering vices of the spirit of fear in our life. When you know how much God loves you, you will know that you are eternally covered by his grace. When you understand the fullness of God's glory, and rather, when you understand that the fullness of God's glory is eternally resident in you, you will realize you are no longer subjected to the vulnerable vices of the enemy. Fear cannot dwell in you when you are full of the knowledge of God's love. Psalm 91 says, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. What does this mean? In Christ Jesus, we now dwell in the secret place of God's grace. And by our dwelling in the secret place of God's grace, we are now kept under the shadow of God's glory. So the mere fact that we are under God's covering by grace, we are now, rather, the mere fact that we are now kept in God's secret place by his grace, we are automatically covered by his glory. This was the covering that Adam and Eve lost in the Garden of Eden. Hallelujah. The covering, the glory of God that they lost in the Garden of Eden is now what we have in Christ Jesus. Come on, friends. Come on. So I, I, I'm sure someone is so excited right now. Fear and anxiety no longer has power over us and let me tell you something about fear and anxiety fear and anxiety distract us from having a relationship with god remember what happened to adam the bible says that adam heard the, the voice of god the son and he hid himself because he was scared so when you are living in fear and anxiety it distorts your relationship with god you can't have a perfect cordial relationship with god if your mind is eroded with fear Fear and anxiety is a crippling disease. It takes over our minds, plunging our thoughts with darkness. That is what it does. But Jesus has redeemed us from this. He has redeemed us from this reality. We have been free 
from the spirit of fear and anxiety. This is your reality in Christ Jesus. This is not something that will happen on a particular day in the future. No, no, no. The day you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the day you accepted your reality and your new creation certificate, the day you accepted this truth, the spirit of fear was eternally condemned in your life. And this is our reality in Christ Jesus. This is our reality in Christ Jesus. So what do you do when you are anxious, afraid, and alone? Practical steps. What do you do? Romans chapter 8 verse 1. It says, there is therefore, now, now the first thing that I need to do is that you need to remember that you are no longer condemned. That is the first thing you need to do. You are no longer condemned. That is the first step. Romans 8 verse 1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. You can see that again. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are those who are in Christ, who do not walk according to the consciousness of the spirit of fear, but according to the consciousness of the spirit of Christ that is in them. So the only way you can live a condemnation-free life is if you are conscious of the spirit of Christ that is resident in you. The second thing you need to do to break the yoke of anxiety and fear in your life is to always remember that you are not alone you are not alone first john 4 verse 4 says that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world so there is a greater one in you be conscious of the presence of the greater one in you and who is that greater one in you john 14 verse 23 says jesus answered and said to him if anyone loves me and will keep my command i will keep my word rather my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with you so god the father god the son and god the holy spirit they are with you so what are you scared of if if you have god the father god the son god the holy spirit in you with you around you inside you outside you then what shall you be afraid of or what are you what what is it that will make you scared because the fullness of god is in you is with you the fullness of God is in you and with you. God's presence has tabernacled eternally. And let me tell you something. In the Old Testament, the presence of God tabernacles and leaves. It comes and goes. But in the New Testament, the presence of God is eternally with us. And God told us that the proof of his presence in our life is measured. The proof of, his, of, of the eternal presence of God's glory in our life is the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. So the seal... Of the holy spirit upon your life is the proof that god's glory abides in you amen the third thing i need to remember is that perfect love has cast out all fear in your life first john um 4 verse 18 says there is no fear in love but perfect love cast out every fear the fourth thing that you need to um keep in mind is to always remember that god will never leave you vulnerable you are full of god's glory as such you have the fullness of god's divine covering the covering that adam lost in the garden of eden you now have it fully you know why adam lost the garden because he transgressed against rather adam lost the covering because he transgressed against God, but you now have the covering because you are in Christ. Jesus is your covering. Colossians 2 verse 9 says, For in him, for in Christ Jesus, dwells the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form. 
That is the revelation here. In Christ Jesus dwells the fullness of God in bodily form. Now watch this. John chapter 1 verse 16 says, Of his fullness we have received and from grace to grace. So from the fullness of God that dwells in Christ Jesus in bodily form, we also have received of that fullness. Amen. Glory to God. I'm so excited this morning. Wow. The fifth thing that you need to be conscious of is this truth. God is trustable. God is trustable. Psalms 46 verse 1. It says, For God is our refuge and strength. He is a very present help in time of need. Psalm 56 verse 3 also says, When I am afraid, I trust in you. God is our present help in time of need. The sixth thing that you need to do is to constantly confess and declare your victory in Christ above the spirit of fear. Second Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14. It says, Now thanks be to God who always lead us in triumph in Christ. Thanks be to God who always lead us in triumph in Christ. And through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. So God leads you triumphantly. He has led us rather triumphantly in Christ Jesus. So we are victorious in Christ. We are victorious in Christ Jesus. So constantly confess and declare your victory in Christ over the spirit of fear. Let it be your attitude. Let it be your nature that you are constantly confessing and declaring your victory over the spirit of fear. Now the seventh thing, which is not, which is the last uh, in my point here, is be anxious for nothing but be conscious of your kingdom inheritance be anxious for nothing but be conscious of your kingdom inheritance i'm going to read three verses now and we'll shut down from today's um, episode the first verse is matthew 6 verse 25 it says therefore i say to you do not worry about your life or what you to eat or what to drink or what you know to or know about your body or what you will put on it is not life more than food and body more than clothing so jesus is saying do not worry about what to eat what to drink what to wear because it's not life more than those things right now why did jesus christ say this now look at let's look at ephesians 1 verse 3 it says blessed be god Rather, the, the, the subsequent verse in this um, in Matthew 6, verse 25 says that God is aware, God knows we have needs of those things. Now look at Ephesians 1, verse 3. It says, Blessed be God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Hey, can I tell you something, friends? As you are listening to me right now, you have rather, you have been blessed with all spiritual blessings. Absolute truth. Not you will be blessed. Or you might be blessed if you are perfect or if you are good or if you do something to God, God will bless you. No, 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 no. In Christ Jesus, God has blessed you with all spiritual blessings. I need you to become conscious of this. Because in, in being conscious of this reality, that is the only way you can walk in the fullness of your new creation blessed blessings. You can't walk in the fullness of the blessings attached to your new creation reality if you are not living consciously of those things. The last verse here is the book of Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. Look at what it says. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, in 
prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known to god in the book of genesis adam was scared he had a problem he was afraid but he could not make his request made known to god because the glory of god had departed his life but hey glory to god we have a different testimony we have been given the glory of god the fullness of christ jesus is in us the fullness of god is in us we are no longer condemned we are living a condemnation free life so we can come boldly to god's throne of grace and make our request known i want you to live a life that is conscious of placing your request on god's table this is your right in god's kingdom god wants you to consciously and constantly ask him for or for anything let me tell you something one of the greatest secrets to winning against the spirit of anxiety and fear is to constantly speak to god about that problem no problem is too little for you to tell god about no matter how little that problem is god wants to be aware he wants you to speak he wants you to speak because in speaking you make things happen the bible says whatever we bound on earth is bound in heaven whatever we decree on earth has is a decree in, in, in on earth has a level of manifestation in heaven this is our reality so when you speak now let me tell you something here when you are going through problems that bring about anxiety and fear in your life god is aware of those things he is aware so why is it that god asks us to speak or to pray and i'll tell you why the reason why god has asked us to pray or to pray and speak is because in the physical realm the power rests in the word jesus is the word made flesh he is the logos of god so the power of god rests in the word so the 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 answers to your prayers are available in christ jesus but those answers will not be activated until you speak because the power that activates the creative abilities of the promises and blessings that you have in christ jesus is resident in the words that you speak so it is very important that you communicate your issues to God because the moment you speak out your issues to God, you are not reminding God of your problem. No, the moment you pray about those issues, you are activating the answers that already exist in Christ Jesus. This has just liberated someone this morning. <laughs> Many of you have been struggling. Why is God not answering my prayer? Why are things not working? Is it because you are praying the wrong prayer? Let me show you how to pray. Under the New Testament, we do not pray in the past or in the future. We pray in the present. Now, let me, well, let me explain what that means. When you pray as a new creation believer, you do not pray with, oh, God, please help me. That is speaking from, you know, the perspective of God coming into your rescue. No, that's not how you pray. Everything you need, the rescue, the protection, the prosperity, the blessing, the preservation has been made available for you in Christ Jesus. The Bible says God has blessed you with all, all, all spiritual blessings in Christ. So when you know that you have a bank account that is so full of God's riches, do you go to the bank and start asking them to give you your money or something? What do you simply do? You go to the bank, present your check, and the bank has no choice but to authorize the payment of the money in your account to you because you are the, you are, you are the right signatory to that account. In Christ Jesus, you are the right signatory to God's blessings, residence in Christ Jesus. Can I say that again? All the blessings of God in Christ Jesus are yes and amen. And you 
are the right signatory to that account. So you have 100% right and access to, to, to the account that holds your blessings in Christ Jesus. So you don't go about begging God to give you what he has blessed you with in Christ Jesus. All you simply do is to receive. You go there and comfort those things that are in Christ Jesus because they are yours. The Bible says you are joint heir with Christ. You are joint heir. You are a fellow king with Christ Jesus. Do you know why we call Jesus king of kings? We are the kings and he is our king. So he is the king of kings. You are a king. And a king has access. Absolute access to the blessings of the land. This is the same inheritance you have in Christ Jesus. And this is what differentiates Christians. The reason why many Christians are achieving, achieving results in their life and many are not achieving results in their life is not because they are imperfect. It's not because they are perfect. It's not because they are good. It's not because they are more spiritually sound. No, it's because they've understood the level of blessings they have in Christ Jesus and they are constantly cashing out. Why other Christians are slamming their head on the world and begging God to rescue them, asking God to heal them, asking God to protect them, asking them, praying to God to elevate them. These people know how to enter the bank, the Christ bank, and collect their blessing. <laughs> this is what differentiates Christians that are achievers from Christians who are not. I'm going to speak about this in subsequent podcasts. The difference between achieving Christians and Christians who are not achieving much. Those who are achievers know that their blessings is in Christ Jesus. So they comfort those things that are in Christ Jesus. While those who are not achieving are still waiting for God to come to their rescue. And that's the difference. And we can see here in Philippians 4 verse 6, they be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Now look at what God says he will do. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guide your heart not the word there it didn't say guide g-u-i-g-u-i-a-d it didn't say guide it said guard g-u-a-r-d protect cover cover your heart the spirit of god will protect you it will cover your mind through christ jesus can you see again the appearance of the word covering glory to god wow oh i've exhausted my time <laughs> what an amazing powerful session this has liberated someone this morning This is the Reigning Everyday Devotional Podcast. This is the Reigning Everyday Devotional Podcast.